Hey there, Earthlings. Thanks for tuning in to the Barardo Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Barardo, where we talk about health, happiness, and anything else that's important to us humans. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast by visiting thebarardo.com or just click the little subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. You're just funny. It's, it's funny. You know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here. Come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, see? Who are you? Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Borodo Podcast. Um, today is a fun episode. Uh, no video on this episode, so if you are trying to watch us on YouTube, sorry about that. But this was a great conversation with uh, with Josh Dennis, who's um, he's actually the director of sport performance over at BioFit um, Performance, which is located in Oviedo, Florida. I'll leave all the um, links in the description below. But uh, this was a really cool conversation. I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it, even if you're not too much into fitness, because we talk more about, uh, you know, longevity of life, you know, how to live a healthier lifestyle through not just working out, but eating correctly. Uh, we talk a lot about myths and uh, social media's impact on fitness. But overall, this was a, a really cool conversation. And uh, make sure you follow Josh Dennis and BioFit Performance. So uh, without further ado, everyone, please help me welcome Josh Dennis. Yeah, he was telling me a little bit. Uh, you guys did a couple podcasts. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, we have. No, Ke- Kev's great. I'm, I actually, uh, I used to live in Orlando, so I've been meaning to go check out the oh, uh, nice. the the gym. Yeah, come on over, man. Get a lift in. Yeah. I know, dude. I I need to get in there. He keeps he keeps raving about it. I I never make it out. Now that I'm like out of Orlando, I refuse yeah. to to go back. <laughs> you're you're over by Tampa, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So a little bit south of Apollo Beach. Um, okay. So it's about 20 minutes from, from Tampa, but yeah, I mean, we still got family and pretty much all my friends are in Orlando, but it's just so. Yeah, come out. Yeah. You gotta make it up. And then what, what made you get into fitness? Was it like a passion that you had, like when you were a kid Uh or. Yeah. I feel like if, you know, you're listening to different podcasts, there's there's a few different kind of narratives or beginnings, but mine was just always active as a kid, kind of never stopped moving. Mm. Um, learned that there was a degree that kind of focused on movement and just was drawn instantly to that and kind of never turned back. Yeah, man. Right on. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I, I was in, I was actually a big kid, you know, my whole family, my background is Italian, Irish. And, uh, so we like to drink and we like to eat. Right. And, um, Absolutely. I, I used to love to eat when I was a kid, I used to have, you know, appetizer Wednesdays with my family and, if it wasn't appetizer Wednesdays, like the pizza rolls and the bagel bites, in between that it was the the pasta, the you know, the meatballs. Oh, yeah. the I was manicotti. the same way, man. Yeah, I was, I was the same way. <laughs> so when I was uh, probably in middle school, I would say, and I started getting razzed a lot because not only was I overweight for my age, but um, you know, I I skated right, like uh, I was the skater. I had Jinko jeans, the chain wallet, the jeans. Oh, yeah. The Jansport book bag with the white out on the back of it that, you know, I said, like, you know, I love corn and shit like that. So, and the band, not the. Hey, man, sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I got you. Yeah, for people, for people <laughs> listening, I'm talking about the band, not the actual food group. I wasn't that cheesy. But, um, so I was getting razzed, and then to top it off, in middle school, I ended up getting braces. 
And I was like, okay. So now, oh, man. So now the whole world is against me. And it's not, uh, it wasn't like the braces they have now, the cool Invisalign where you can't tell. Like I'm talking, I had to use like these special toothpicks to get out my manicotti out of my braces. Oof. Not okay. That's, that's rough, man. Yeah. So yeah. that was middle school. And then come high school, I'm like, all right, it's high school. I got to pick this thing up if I want to go to college and actually get laid at least once. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> So I was like, what can I do? So I started joining, I joined the wrestling team, the football team, weightlifting team. And that's kind of where it started for me. And then I ended up, um, uh, my first real job, I worked at Regal Cinema. I don't really count that uh, when I was uh, in my, in my late teens. And then when I was 18, I worked at LA Fitness and I was there for a while. And then I was, uh, uh, I got certified as a trainer and I was a trainer and did some stuff on the side for a while. And then, you know, just because I, I didn't think there was any longevity in the industry, which of course... Uh, I didn't predict social media was going to be such a massive thing. Uh, cause if that was the case, I probably would have yeah, done like freelancing, you know, like <laughs> I yeah. it, just, cause it was, you know, you know, being a trainer, it's all based off your clientele. Right. And back then it was, absolutely. we had to create like three day free passes and I went B2B and I would hand them out to friends and family and, you know, local businesses around there just to try to get some clients. But, you know, now yeah. with social media, it's so easy because you could do a couple stories and a couple posts and do some stuff on the side. But, um, you know, back then I was like, hey, you know, this industry, the fitness industry is probably going to die out. Let me get out of this and do something more like secure. So yeah, that's yeah. when I left the industry. But little did I know the fitness industry has since blown the fuck up massive in a big way. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like how crazy it's, it's is that? It's still a little bit of like a wild west, I would say. Though I mean, you don't. Sure. There's a lot of different avenues within an industry, but it's definitely social media has helped it expand tremendously for sure. Yeah. You know, and and Kevin and I were talking about this last time he was on the show, but um, it's interesting. I don't know if you're feeling it, uh, but it's interesting that um, I have a lot of buddies that are still in the industry, and um, I've had a lot of people on the podcast that um, either are nutritionists or trainers, uh, and they they tell me. I'd be curious if you feel this, but they tell me a lot of social media is kind of not really hurting the industry because um, I'm sure in some cases it is. But in terms of clientele, do you get people that come into the gym and they say, you know, hey, this is this is great. Like, I like this workout and I like what you're telling me. But on TikTok, this this person told me this. Like, it is, is your, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like. Is that happening with with your clients? Are they like questioning your methods based off of some bullshit influencer that they saw on social media? Yeah, to some extent, definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely would say it's it can be a blessing and a curse. Um, sure. There's a lot of it's it's hard to provide context on social media. So mm. a lot of times, people are there might not even be context. They're just trying to get some likes, doing you know some crazy looking exercise. Right. And the client doesn't know any better, and they're, they're asking why isn't why aren't we doing this? Or you know, I saw this on on this TikTok or something, and yeah. you know, it takes some explaining to to them that why that might not be in their best interest long term, or um, you know, you don't know what kind of what kind of editing that that influencer might be using or anything like that. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's you can see some some crazy stuff sometimes. Yeah, that's that's gnarly. Yeah, I definitely uh, I'm seeing it too, and you know my. I think my wife is guilty of it as well because she'll, you know, she'll watch things and she, it's in, are you, are you married, single, dating? Uh, married, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say, cause Not married. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this is, uh, if your wife is the same way or maybe your wife is, um, is more trained than mine, 
But my wife, <laughs> my wife doesn't listen to anything I say when it comes to fitness or nutrition, even though, I mean, of course, I'm, I'm not, I lost my certification. I didn't renew it. You know, this is years back, right? So, but I keep up with it. It's not like I got certified and then became obese and ignored everything that I learned, yeah. right? So I'm, I'm constantly adapting and evolving my methods and uh, training nutrition and all that. But my wife doesn't listen to me at all. She's like, if I tell her to do like core movements or this workout and she tells me what her goals are and I'm doing this and I'm doing, you should eat this, you should. It's like, no. But then some influencer on TikTok, <laughs> she's like, hey, you know, um, oh, no. they, they said I should eat this. I think I'm going to do this. And I'm like, dude, I told you that like six months ago to do. What are you doing? <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's terrible, man. Yeah. But I think it's out of spite, right? They don't listen. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I mean, I think I'm in the minority where my wife will tend to, to listen and pay attention. But uh, we see it with members and, and different clients all the time. Yeah. They don't want to hear it from probably who they should hear it from. They, they want to listen to somebody else. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm kind of the same way as well. I mean, this podcast has made me more objective and open minded and things. But, you know, because back then when I was a trainer, like even fellow trainers, you know, that were older than me, they would tell me to do something. I'd be like, this is how I do it. This is my method. And now we're realizing that, you know, back, I don't know, 20 years ago when the food pyramid was invented, like we thought that was the the thing, right? Like you're supposed yeah, to yeah. have this amount of bread and this amount of grains and all that. And then we're realizing, oh, it was just all a lie. Okay. <laughs> but like, if yeah, you, <laughs> I mean, if you were a trainer 20 years ago, you probably followed that method, right? But now we're realizing... Yeah. You do what's what's currently the best practice, but you know, five years down the line, it's probably going to be half backwards again. Yeah, and are you seeing that a little bit with um, with some new studies and research? Because I'm I'm very analytical when it comes to that. I don't know if because um, uh, I know BioFit is a little bit more of a um, a prestige clientele. So your clients are probably putting a lot of effort and time uh, into each one versus like just doing a lot of research. But are you seeing? Yeah. Um, as you're training clients, um, you know, their perception a little bit on nutrition, particularly I'm curious about, cause I know that is also your background supplementation, but there's so many new studies and, and, um, different thing, primarily with rats, of course, but there's so many things that are coming out that are telling us that we need X amount of vitamin D. We need X amount of, um, dietary supplements, or you need to get it from the food that we intake. But now we're realizing that the food in particular is so diluted with all the vitamins and minerals that again, 20, 30 years ago, you were able to get from your food, but now it's everything so processed. It's hard for us to get these vitamins and minerals. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, a couple couple things come to mind based on what you just said there is I definitely see clients struggle. And I would say it's, it's harder to kind of navigate, you know, the nutrition stuff because you see so much, contradicting information sure um and and especially for the lay person i feel like it's even harder because again like you said a lot of research might be done in mouse models or some other model so it gets taken out of context again mm -hmm. so if you don't have kind of that baseline of you know how to really evaluate the evidence if you're looking at it they get lost in, in yeah maybe this applies in an extreme dose with mice but it's not going to carry over to the, the dose you're taking as a human subject or something Right. Um, so yeah, you, you see that quite a bit and that can cause confusion for sure. 
Yeah. And then uh, with your, so you're a sports nutritionist, yeah? Correct. Yeah. Um, so is there one particular, because I get asked this all the time, of course, and I always refer people to uh, the current experts. Because for me, I mean, I'm, I practice uh, a plant-based diet only because of health conditions I kind of am forced to. Um, okay. Especially, again, being Italian, it's kind of an insult. Like I'm, I'm spitting on the grave of my ancestors every time I have like broccoli because I'm supposed to have like pasta and bread always. Um, but are you seeing one particular uh, model? Uh, I don't want to say like diet because I hate that word, but is there one thing in particular that you would recommend to people if they're wanting to change up their uh, eating habits, uh, maybe get results you know, within the month and they can't work out that much and they're, they're not able to hit the gym every day. Is there, you know, something in particular maybe that they can implement into their regimen from a nutritional standpoint that's going to, you know, help get them uh, the vitamins and nutrients that they need as well as maybe get results? Yeah. I mean, I I would say for the most part, keep it simple. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with whole foods. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, you're going to get the more processed you make that food, the less you know, the more you're going to extract out of it nutritionally, potentially. Sure. Um, so whether they're, you know, I don't care what side of the spectrum, if they're completely carnivore, or completely vegan, like whole foods, either way is going to give you more nutrition. Um, mm. And again, I mean, it's a lot of it's going to be goal dependent too. Like is their goal to, to gain weight, to lose fat. So um, their goal will kind of dictate some of the other rules like, okay, should you be in a surplus? Should you be in a deficit? Um, so thinking more big picture and broad versus, Hey, you have to, there's, there's a common thing in nutrition. I'm sure you're seeing is like, this food's good. This food's bad. And it's, that's not always the best way to look at things. It's more of, you know, under what context are you using this food? And, you know, if you're, if you got a strict diet, like you may not want to eat a lot of processed junk food, or it's going to be really tough to keep a deficit and, and hit those other nutrition targets like you're alluding to. So that's right. Um, the goal will kind of dictate, what that eating structure looks like. Yeah. And, you know, and for people to know, because I talk a lot about this as well, but uh, you're the expert here. So calorie deficit, right? Like a lot of people get that kind of twisted. Um, if you could elaborate a little bit on, because uh, I talk a lot about, you know, macros, counting cows, like good fats, bad fats. Like I talk a lot about that. But if you could talk about a little bit of a calorie deficit and what that means, because I think people now that we're intaking so much more food and a lot of processed food, sometimes people are working out four or five days a week, but because they're eating like shit and they're not in a deficit, they're not getting the results that they need. So if you could speak to a little bit about day one, minute one, if I need to work out and I'm trying to lose weight, like actually you lose stored fat, what do I got to do to put myself in a deficit? Yeah. So again, I mean, I think that's where using maybe an outside tool, like even a know body weight scale that that's going to work quite well with the dietary goal because how you how do you know you're in a deficit is if you know over the course of a week you're getting multiple weigh-ins suggesting that your weight is in fact going down um so that's you know provided your scale is accurate and and, and giving you the right numbers it's not miscalibrated or anything um that's going to help cue you in that hey i am in a deficit or if not if your weight's maintaining or even going up then that's a cue okay maybe I'm not burning as many calories or maybe I was off tracking my diet a little bit and I need to, you know, reduce my portion size or increase my energy expenditure, exercise. Um, 
So I think that's a great tool that works in conjunction with weight related dietary goals is, is that can kind of keep you, hey, are you going, is your weight going down, is it going up or what is it doing? And that will kind of help people fine tune even rates of how fast or how slow they, they're gaining or losing. Yeah, for sure. And that's a big thing, you know, with portion size, like I'm helping my neighbor right now, um, you know, cause he's recently, uh, he separated with his wife. Congratulations. And he's like, dude, I need to get out there again. Right. And I'm like, yeah, right on, man. Like, what are you trying to do? He's like, well, you know, I need to leave. Cause he's, he's above 220, and, uh, his BMI is pretty, uh, pretty off. And I was like, all right, well, let's do your body fat. Let's do your weight. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's figure out kind of what you can and can't do from a cardio standpoint. Uh, you know, weightlifting, he's got the uh, tonal at home. I was like, that's great. You know, but what are we doing for some cardio? Right. And then I'm like, all right, cool. After a couple of weeks, we're trying to figure out what he can and can't do. And then now we're starting to break down nutrition. And again, if you're burning calories, you know, let's call it a thousand calories a day. Right. And you're working out, but you're intaking 4,000 calories a day of just yeah, shit. Yeah. You're going to have a problem. Like, and that's, that's where people, that's where people don't understand to where you hate to calorie count. You hate it, of course, but you don't, don't think of like calorie counting. Think of it like food counting because, you know, now we're like, go to a restaurant right now, you and your wife, let's go to a restaurant. Let's order a meal. What they put on your plate, that is as much calories, fats, proteins, carbs that you should eat in a day. No, for sure. And people don't understand, especially because that's processed. So now let's cook it at home. Well, those big meals that you cook, those big plates, that's too much food. You know, one thing that we always try to do in my household, especially when we have people over and stuff, is we use the small plates. You know, because because those big plates, like everyone, if you look at your cabinet, if you're listening right now and you got your earbuds in, just go to the kitchen real quick. Open the cabinet. Grab the plate. Those are sound effects. You grab the plate. I guarantee that thing is massive. And you fill that yeah. bitch up to the brim. And we get old, we get full. You know, we get uh, we get uncomfortable. Then the next day, we're, we're still kind of carrying around that garbage that's in our belly. And we haven't fully digested it yet. Then we wake up and we try to work out. But we're like, oh, let's just intake a bunch of caffeine. That'll help. And then we, <laughs> we intake a bunch of caffeine. <laughs> yeah. We get all hyped up and then we crash after our workout. And then now you don't want to do anything else. And then you stuff your face some more, right? Because your body's craving it because you just crashed from all that caffeine. And then we're just stuck in this vicious cycle. So it, it really all boils down to that food and the portion control. And I'm a big believer in, I do a lot of intermittent fasting. Again, only because I have to. Um, but even the yeah. fasting that I do, it's just the, my break in my intestines. And when I start eating again, I'm still maintaining. It's not like I'm gorging. You know, that's the thing people don't understand with intermittent fasting is sometimes if you do the fasting portion of it and you're going 16 hours without eating, that next meal is going to be like 3,000 calories to the face. No, that, that's yeah. not how you do things. You want to have all the nutrition, those whole foods that you're talking about and, uh, and get those nutrients because you're, you know, you've been kind of starving your body for the past 16 hours. But, um, that's the thing. It's all about portion control. Like we don't need food as much as we think. And that's not our fault. That's, that's the industry. I mean, they're the greedy pigs yeah. up top that are, are teaching it. Like, have you ever had an Oreo? Like I get it. They're delicious. I mean, but you know, it's, we got to kind of, we got to start thinking to ourselves, eh, is it worth it? Is that little short 
short uh, satisfaction? Is it worth that long-term work that you're going to have to put into it? You know? Yeah. No, that's a good way to frame it. It's, it's easy to, to eat a cookie. I can eat a, you know, 500-calorie cookie in 15 seconds tops, right? And then it's going to take me, you know, half an hour to burn that off on a treadmill or something. So it, it can add up quick. It's just, it's just not worth, you know, it's not worth it. And, you know, it comes a lot to, uh, it has a lot to do with temptation, you know, like don't, uh, don't put that stuff in your pantry, right? Don't, if you're, you know, if you're trying not to drink anymore, if you're a recovering alcoholic, you probably shouldn't go to a bar with friends, right? Like, so if you're, if you're trying to lose weight and get results, you should be surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded and you shouldn't have shit in your pantry that is going to be a temptation. Because, you know, our bodies are going to crave that, that Oreo if it's in the pantry. But guess what? If it's not in the pantry, out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. Yeah. So. I mean, you're, you're talking about changing the environment, which is huge, right? So putting yourself, you know, creating easier opportunities or better habits by changing the environment. So it's, it's a harder, it's one step removed now if you did want to indulge or something like that. It can make it a lot easier. That's right. And it kind of makes those, uh, I like doing that type of stuff because it, when you do find something, when you're able to have that cheat day or cheat meal, rather not cheat day, but that cheat meal, it's uh, it's even more satisfying, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm doing this thing now where I'll go like weeks without having any alcohol, sometimes like a couple months and then I'll have like one glass of wine. <sighs> Dude. It's the best wine you've ever drank right there, man. <laughs> And that like eight dollar glass of wine got me fucked up, and I'm like, this is I'm the cheapest yeah, date in the world. This is- <laughs> yeah. Hey, exactly, man. Yeah. So it's, it's a double win in that regard. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta kind of treat food the same way as well. And um, I do want to get a little bit more uh, into into training and into fitness regimens, because um, nutrition I could talk about all day. But uh, in terms of like a fitness regimen, what's What's your specialty? Do you have a specialty at BioFit or um, what type of practice? Um, I mean, so, I w- yeah, I mean, good question. I, I would say the way kind of our membership is geared towards is um, our, what we call our strength or semi-private model, which is basically coach resistance training. Um, so we do offer, you know, larger group conditioning classes, but I would say, you know, clients almost, I guess, kind of struggle the most to, you know, hey, am I doing the right form on my squats or, you know, I don't know what to do when it comes to, to weights in particular. So that's where we kind of emphasize more of our coaching talents, um, which because that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily come as intuitively as going for a walk or, you know, running at a certain heart rate. Um, it can be harder for a client if they don't have a background in this kind of stuff to, you know, what constitutes a, a good program and how, how I progress this or is my form good. So um that's i would say i guess more of my specialty or more of the niche where i'm coaching more is the fine details of not only okay exercise technique but also considering you know for this person given their their injuries or whatever their goals are what is going to be the best exercise and and what dosage you know how many sets what what kind of loading scheme are we talking about and Mm. how does that play into the rest of their week how does that integrate with with their diet or their cardio or something like that. Um, so I would say specializing in, in the resistance portion, but also the program design and, and how to structure together, you know, kind of bigger picture plans and not just, hey, I'm here to work out, get a sweat on, but 
how does this work out tie into the next that ties into the week that ties into the you know that end goal of adding five pounds of muscle mass you know down the line yeah man because i mean that's kind of like uh that's the goal right is like longevity i mean you know it's yeah, it's cool absolutely. to look good and you know when you look good typically you feel good and when you feel good you get a lot of shit done right and that absolutely. there is a big misconception of working out and i think a lot of the um the Instagram models with the you know big asses and the juiced up dudes uh, on the gram, they kind of ruin it for everybody because you look at them and you're like, oh, that's working out. Ugh, I don't want that. I don't need to show my ass on Instagram. Really, that's 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 not working out. You know, working out is um, is just kind of a term that we came up with uh, somewhere down the line. Really, the the term everyone should be using is uh, lifestyle. You know, living a healthy lifestyle, because that's that's what it is. I mean, you. I always kind of look at it like not only do you want to be in shape to feel good and be healthy, and um, you know, not have toxins in your body because the healthier you are, the more you can fight off a lot of stuff, right? But also too, like I look at it, uh, if there's an apocalypse, like I want someone that can help me move a couch. Absolutely. You know, you know like I need a block my doorway from zombies, I need to make sure I have my spouse that is going to be healthy enough to help me defend off against these zombies. Like we got to be prepared, you know, back like what we were, if you cut me open, I bleed like instinctual animalistic primal behavior because that's what we're all men and women. That's what we're all bred from is we're bred from this caveman defending itself against saber tooth tigers and the more we lose that, you know, there's going to be danger in the world and we got to prepare ourselves for, for that type of thing. doesn't mean you have to be jacked up and ripped. It just means you got to be healthy. You got to be able to outrun a saber toothed tiger if they come back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be fit, man. You still gotta be fit to survive, right? You gotta be. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, physically, mentally, um, I always, you know, I, I talk a lot about that, just mental health physical health and then financial health, you know, that's kind of all encompassing what my podcast is about. But, um, that, that's one thing I, I really try to, to preach as much as I can as just overall being healthy, um, is, is it has to be a lifestyle. So that, that's good to know that that's kind of your, your main specialty, because I think that's important more than anything is if you do want to start working out is it's all about form. You know, it's all about, are you doing things correctly? Uh, you don't have to, crank out 15 reps you know if you're doing 10 solid reps and they're gorgeous and they're nice and slow and they're controlled you know that's that's how you're going to get the best results right yeah i mean form form first always i mean we'll we'll screen our members i'm sure you, you've done in the past too you want to make sure the movement looks good before you start introducing a load to it we don't you know what's one good workout that's going to hit your back and you got a crazy sweat, but you, you had terrible form and you got hurt. I mean, you got to think long-term again, longevity. So making sure it's something that's sustainable that you can do for the long run. That's right. And then are you, for your clients in particular, do you have them start off doing a lot of body weight movements or are you doing plyometrics, calisthenics? Like what, what's kind of like step one for um, you? Yeah. I mean, again, it, it, it all comes down. I would say that's where the assessment can be pretty informative for us coaches just to kind of see, you know, where is this person coming in from? Are they, you know, a 20 year old kid that's here on college that's been playing sports? He might be ready to, to load up and, and get right after it versus, 
somebody that's brand new to exercise, you know, their doctor wants them to work out, they've never been in a gym, um, it might look quite different there where they're, they're starting out, again, body weight or even assisted using some type of support, holding on to a TRX handle or, um, you know, something like that where it's all, we're not adding any additional load other than a portion of their body weight. Um, and then, on, again, on the opposite side, somebody that's pretty fit getting after it, they might be using quite a bit of load to, to get the same effect. Yeah. Ooh, TRX. Love me a TRX. <laughs> Shameless plug for that, <laughs> even though we don't even have them here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I got one in my uh, garage gym, dude. Those things are the bomb. Um, they are versatile. I'll give them that. Yeah. Yeah, I got that, and then I got a PRX. Um, PRX? I don't even know what that is, man. No? PRX performance? No. It's the... Uh, no. Oh, dude. Uh, I'll try to send you a picture when uh, when we get off here. But it's... You might have seen them. It's just the foldable squat racks oh hold on it's the foldable squat racks so they go up against the wall like i i screwed it into my garage gym and it literally it's flush up against the wall and then if i fold it out it folds out and it's a smith machine wow that sounds pretty cool oh it's gnarly something like that yeah Yeah, it's it's gnarly yeah prx performance they're not a sponsor of the podcast but if they are listening sponsor the podcast (laughs) um oh yeah yeah, so I got that, and then I just uh, I just put in a sauna in my nice. garage gym. It's infrared, so it's a yeah, yeah it's a little two person. Put that in there, and then I've um, and Kevin and I have talked about this before, but I even have an ice barrel, uh, so I do nice. a lot of plunging and stuff. Um, are are you? I don't know if you talk about this with your clients, but just you personally, do you do any contrast training, heat therapy, cold therapy, anything like that? Yeah, no. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I think that's another part of, you know, that's another puzzle piece, if you will, to, to building this healthy lifestyle, right? Is you get your, your training stuff, you get your diet, recovery is a big, you know, big, depending on kind of my phase of training or bout of, you know, um, t- training period, then going to use that stuff even more. Um, yeah. Again, sauna, I would say I probably use a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially on off days from training, I'll, I'll kind of toggle, do some contrast, try to get in the cold. We got a cold plunge at BioFit. Um, and usually, I, yeah, I'll do a contrast. So it's a couple minutes in the hot, nice. um, a little bit less in the cold. And then, uh, <laughs> and yeah, definitely try to get a mix of both. So throughout the week using the sauna and, and some hot and cold, ideally. Now, typically when you do sauna, do you do it um, post-workout, obviously? But but what, what's, the, what's the right temp? Because I know typically with with saunas you want to hit like 130-ish, 140-ish to start getting the benefits, but really the magic number is like 150, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it kind of depends on the type of sauna too um, versus, you know, is it a, a dry sauna, which get, tend to get a bit hotter versus infrared. Yeah. Um, usually, again, like you said, I would say depends on the person. If it's their first time, it's, it's really, okay, what can you tolerate? Mm-hmm. And it really, if you're even advanced, I would almost say the same thing. Yeah depending on how much time you have to sit in there. But uh, I usually preheat it, let it, I'll put it all the way up. Um, we got the infrareds here at BioFit. So um, I'll let it heat up and I try to send, spend at least 20, 25 minutes in there at a time if I can. Um, yeah. But yeah, generally yeah. what you can, what you can tolerate, you know, the hotter, the better, especially in the context of the dry saunas and that kind of stuff. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Post-workout, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or on an off day or something. I don't, I mean, maybe there's a, a benefit to using it as like a warm up. Maybe you sit in it for five minutes to kind of get the sweat you know, going. Get the get the 
get the sweat going before a workout, but typically I'm just doing it right after the workout. Yeah, same. And then, yeah, my off days, that's usually when I do my uh, my ice baths. I'll do the, the max I've done was like 45 degrees for about eight minutes. And that was that was the max, though. But I slowly worked up to that over the course of a year. Um, but I would do, you know, because in Florida, a lot of people don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a, it's eight minutes is like when I say eight minutes, I'm like, like I'm a pussy when it when I'm at that eighth minute, like after five. Yeah. I'm like really fighting. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. See, I would, I would almost differ a little bit. I feel like the, the first minute is the worst in my experience. And then, you know, yeah. after that minute or two, I feel like you almost get a little bit numb and then you kind of, you don't feel anything too much after that. And then you start maybe shivering or getting red and you know, it's okay. Maybe it's time to get out of this thing for yeah. now. And, and that's for me, that's that eight minute mark. Like minute one is rough yeah. for sure. And especially the lower half boys. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sure. then like two minutes, three minutes, four. I'm I'm good. You know, I'm listening to a podcast. I'm I'm doing my breathing. And then like at about, I know when it's six minutes because I'm like, okay, this is too long. And then like I'm trying to count down like seven minutes, yeah. and then like eight minutes, I got to get out. Like, but I got buddies that do ten minutes, and I'm just like, I don't know how they. Like I don't know how they do it. It's outrageous. Yeah, you got to work up to it. You got. Yeah, you got to work up to it. I don't, I don't think anybody's probably starting at 10. No, no, and definitely not recommended. <laughs> I, no. I, even, I even tell people, um, unfortunately in Florida here, you can't really do this with cold showers because our water doesn't get that cold. Um, but, you know, whether you have a, a sauna or not, I always started with uh, hardcore workouts, really get my heart rate up going, get, you know, get a good sweat going, and then hop right into a cold shower afterwards, as cold as it can go. But then usually, if you can, try to end it cold. So if you want to start it warm, that's okay, too, because a lot of people like the warm shower. And then just kind of slowly do a cold shower, right? So if your shower is like 10 minutes, make sure the last, like, two minutes of that, it's a cold shower. Get get your soap done. You know, now you're just kind of working on your breathing. And do that for a few weeks, maybe a few months, and just slowly work up to it. And then if you want to get an ice bath, you can. But that's the best way to do it. But I think even doing a cold shower in Florida, it might only get like 60 degrees. I don't even know if it gets that cold. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, but I got, I got a few buddies up in uh, Washington and Oregon that that's all they do is cold showers <laughs> because like during the winter, yeah, I mean, I mean the pipes are plenty like cold up there. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they actually got to heat the water up to, to take the cold shower. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like with us, I mean, I, I have my ice bath in my garage and I, I have to spend like, $40 of ice just to keep that shit cold. And I have to like hide it in the shade because just the humidity here in yeah. Florida just melts it. But, yeah. but, uh, all right, good, man. Well, I didn't even realize we're almost at an hour already. Um, so what else? So contrast training, nutrition, is there any, is there anything out there that just as a trainer, can you think to yourself, there's a misconception out there that, that maybe calls out to you? And people are maybe soaked into, or maybe there's a trend going around that you don't necessarily, based off your experience, agree with. Is there anything that calls out to you there? Um, you know, off the top of my head, I would say I think I, I think the industry as a whole is getting better on this. Um, but not too long ago, and there there still might be some individuals that are maybe have a misconception. Still, it's kind of like, hey, I'll sleep when I'm dead. 
Um, so sleep, I think people are starting to, to realize like, okay, this is, this is like the foundation of your health. Um, mm -hmm. If you're underslept, you're going to make poor nutrition choices or your workout's not going to be what the intensity or the quality it needs to be. So um, I think people are getting better, but that, I mean, that's kind of an old, hopefully dying trend is, you know, this I'll sleep when I'm dead or I, don't, I only need four hours of sleep. I think, uh, mm. you know, thanks to, to some popular sleep books or in some research being published, we're starting to really see the value and importance of, of sleep for health. Dude. Yeah. It's so true. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I, I typically don't talk a lot about that, but that is just such an important part of physical health. Um, and I am massively guilty of that myself. I, for whatever reason, I just can't, I can't get more than five hours, you know, consistently. I mean, there's some days where I'll, I might get six or seven, but like, I just yeah. cannot, I cannot get past it unless I'm training, unless I go hardcore training, like on a leg day, you know, and I'm doing like squats, deadlifts, like hardcore. And then I'll do my sauna. And then maybe I'll do like in the morning, I'll do my ice plunge. Like but when I work my body to the bone, of course, I'm going to yeah, get yeah great sleep but that's once a week maybe gotcha. you know, like I, yeah i mean hey, at least at least you're aware of it though that's i mean that's yeah and you're, it, you're you trying know, to get more and you, you see the importance yeah and you know it's been like that for years i can't uh well melatonin um magnesium like I'll, I'll do everything at night to try to to counteract it and i don't do caffeine that much i mean i do coffee in the morning but i laid off energy drinks a long time ago um I used to work for a big energy drink company. So of course I was downing those and I thought that's what it was, but I just think my mind is just a million miles a minute. Too active at night. Yeah. 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 And, and I'm, I'm, I'm slowly kind of getting into meditation and you know, there's this cool app called headspace. That's, that's pretty interesting. That kind of walks you through like how to sleep. And, um, but even still like that, the only thing I could think about when I get those noises or I get a narrator in my head, it's like, I'm like, you know, tomorrow I got to do this and I got to do that. Like, I just can't. Yeah. I do, do you recommend? Can't shut down. Yeah, I can't shut down. Um, I, I mean, I might not be the best one to recommend because honestly, I mean, getting eight hours of sleep or more is easier said than done. So I, I kind of have, for me, it's sometimes the same issue is, is my head's not ready to go to bed when my body might be. Um, yeah. I know, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with like the aura ring. Um. I use that to kind of monitor sleep and, and, um, what I've noticed with that, I think at least for me, this is just personal anecdotes. I don't know how valuable this is going to be to the listeners, but, um, there's definitely value in having the appropriate temperature at night. Um, so I, I find mm -hmm. sometimes for me, it's harder to, to kind of wind down if, if the apartment's a little bit hotter than I'd like it to be. Um, so obviously, you know, dimming the lights and, and trying to wind down, trying to meditate, that's going to be you know, important pieces as well. But um, I think temperature could be something to explore. The other the other big one that comes to mind that you'll see sometimes too is um, sometimes I'm guilty of eating close to when I when I'm trying to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's keeping my body elevated, trying to digest and stuff. So um, sure. and again, that that could be why my mind's still racing, because it's still it's still kind of everything's still turned on. Um, yeah. So that, that could be something. I don't know if that's going to calm your mind, but that, that might help. I think yeah. get you into sleep faster. Yeah. yeah you know, temperature actually, <clears throat> ironically, cause especially cause we've been talking about contrast therapy for the past 15 minutes, but yeah, temperature, I, I didn't really think about that, but that makes a lot of sense now that, um, 
now that you mention that, because I think I remember reading somewhere that like 68 or 70, it might be 68, is like the, the, the correct temperature for the body to, to shut down. I think it's even lower than that. Yeah, I think there's a window. I want to say it's even closer to 65, but I do think there is like some you might be right, individual yeah. variability. Yeah, um, just in terms of like yeah, studies. and it's probably yeah. cooler. Yeah, there was like a, a, a study done of, um, I don't know, 100 applicants or something like that. Um, and they tested a bunch of temperatures. And I think that was at like 65 to whatever. But that was the core. Te- and I'm definitely not at that only because I'm such a Jew when it comes to like the AC. <laughs> like Setting the thermostat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, my, yeah. my, my, my wife is the typical woman that likes to have her temperature at, you know, 75 during the day. And she'll have her little blanket on and, and all that. But me, I'm like, I want it 70 during the day. But then at night, I'm like, well, because it's eight or nine hours, I don't want to crank it to 65 because I'm worried about my electric bill. But I think it might be better to maybe crank out 75 all day inside. And then when you sleep, get that bitch down to 65. And because that's the most important, right? It's not really important during the day because you're out and about. You can keep the windows open. You go outside. You can take a cold shower. Like there's a lot of things you could do to lower your temperature. And maybe that's... Maybe that's what I need to start doing because that's, yeah, that that needs to be top priority, I think. Um, and they're, they're starting to realize that in terms of longevity of life as well, right? Because, you know, this is when your body's able to repair. This is where your mind can actually rest. You know, people don't understand your mind is still going 24-7, but it's doing so much work during the day. You know, it's communicating to the gut it's and vice versa. It's communicating to the stomach. Everything is going up and down the mind. Like imagine just a treadmill constantly going all the time, you know, and then at night is finally a chance for it to relax and get recharged the next day. And there's a lot of truth to that because there's a difference. I don't know what the hours is, but for me in particular, like I said, I only get five hours, but I'm usually, I'm up five, six hours. Like I'm ready to rock and roll. Like I'll do three podcasts. I'll work. Like I'll do a bunch of stuff all day and then I'll work out and all that. But then if I get like four hours, I'm like a different human. Like I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah. I'm non-productive. You know, my wife says, hey, what do you want for breakfast? And I'm like, I don't know, whatever you want. Like, you know what I mean? like but if I get like five or six hours, I'm like, babe, I got your breakfast. Like I'm, I'm on crack. Like I'm ready to go. I just, it's, it's weird. Like a lot of people have yeah. those numbers. You could probably I think agree, about man. it. You know, like, it's, it's a very short. Yeah, there's fuse. like a threshold, man. <laughs> Like it's a short fuse for sure. Yeah. And sometimes like naps help as well. Um, they help me anyway, but it's weird because a 30 minute nap is like money, but an hour nap and you're like your day shot. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta naps. You gotta be careful with. Yeah. You gotta time it right. Or else you're, you wake up worse than what you want, you want to sleep at. Yeah. There's always a threshold for sure. Um, well, good, man. This was good. Was there anything else that uh, that maybe the listeners can benefit from? Anything that we should chat about? Um, I think we covered the big rocks, really. I mean, again, as far as health, I would say prioritizing like we've been talking about, right? So, you know, things like sleep, the recovery aspect of stuff. Obviously, exercise is going to be a big part and nutrition. Those are going to be the three biggest pillars in my regard. Um, and I guess the last the overarching one, which we kind of discussed too, is just, you know, behavioral change, like having the, that environment. So mm. how is your environment structured for you to be able to get to sleep or to be able to train or to be able to eat? So 
I think that's kind of the overarching theme of those big pillars, I would say. Um, but yeah, those are, to me, those are going to be where people should invest most of their time and efforts versus, I mean, you could talk about supplements and, you know, there are some good ones, but if you don't have those other big pillars in order, you're kind of wasting your time trying to out supplement a bad diet or under sleeping or, or anything else. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, for me, I mean, I could talk about all of those different pillars constantly with you. So, but I don't, I want to be, I want to be conscious of your time because <laughs> it, it sounds like we're, we're clinging and clanging back there and, uh, you know, fit, fitness is the most important thing. So I don't want to take too much of your time there, but, um, yeah, no worries, man. but yeah, you, I mean, you nailed it. I mean, that's, that's the big thing is, uh, environment, um, you know, the type of training that you're doing and everything's, you know, everybody's different as well, right? Like you, you touched on it as well, where each person, depending on their, your goals and what you're trying to accomplish. That's why I think, uh, when you, when you listen to these folks on Instagram and TikTok and they're talking about, you know, fitness regimens and, you know, click the link in my bio and you can get, you know, uh, whatever nutritional plan for you. Like you got to be careful of that type of stuff because every single person is different. So if someone out there is preaching a, uh, a, a quick fix on nutrition or working out or, you know, even like, you know, the people that are in shape and they're working out, you got to be careful of that, you know, because you don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. You know, if they're just hanging out and they're barely working out and they have five trainers behind them helping them out, well, them preaching to you what you should be doing, you're not going to get the same results as them because they have millions of dollars behind them doing those fitness regimens. So, you know, you just got to be careful of all that stuff. And every single person is different. Get with a professional. And, you know, this is where health we're talking about. I mean, it's, it's so funny how we're so amped to spend money at Target and Starbucks and hundreds of dollars a month on pointless stuff that doesn't matter, but you can't invest 30, 40, 50 bucks on your health every month. You know, like That's true. you, you got to be careful of that type of stuff. So, um, and then I'll, I mean, a lot of my listeners are out of Orlando and Florida in particular, but uh, if, if you guys don't know, BioFit Performance is located in Oviedo, Florida. Um, and do you have any social handles that uh, if anybody wants to find you or track you down that you can shout out? Yeah, so my personal uh, handle, I'm mainly active on Instagram, so that's probably the best place to contact me is underscore JD Fitness and then underscore again. Um, nice. So you can find me there or you could just, you could probably contact me through the BioFit um, Instagram page as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll leave all the uh, handles and all the links in the description in the episode notes, guys. So if you want to check them out, give them a follow. Give Josh a follow. Uh, this was good, man. It was good talking to you. And again, I could talk to you for five hours. So we'll have to do this again. And um, I, I promise I'll I'll, I'll make yeah, it hey, out there. Appreciate you having me. Nah, man, it was a pleasure. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. No, thanks. Thanks for having me again, Tony. I love the industry, man. Thanks again, Josh. And uh, we'll definitely talk soon. Sounds good, man. Take care. Thank you.